The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers to achieve their potential and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Welcome, everyone. We have a wonderful show today for you with Simon Sinek, uh, consultant and author of Start With Why, How Great Leaders Inspire Everyone to Take Action. Finding our purpose in life and work is the key to success and fulfillment. In helping people for many years in career and also job transition, we found that identifying one's passion and purpose is not always as simple, but always worth the effort. And when you identify your purpose and passion in life and work, you can also find fulfillment, not merely success in terms of achievement and results. Our guest today has researched the importance of starting with why, both for individuals, leaders, and organization. You will learn why why inspires, so stay with us for a fascinating discussion. Before we begin, I just want to remind everyone that uh, we have created seven free videos for you, our listeners, that will help you get a better job, better pay, and a better life. To access these free videos, simply go to www betterjobbetterlife.com. And now to introduce Simon Senek. Simon teaches and uh, both leaders and organizations how to inspire people. He has shared the power of starting with why with audiences across the country and around the world, from members of Congress and the U.S. military and the U- United Nations to Hollywood studios, from small businesses uh, to senior executives at corporations like Microsoft and American Express. He also teaches his concept of the golden circle at the Strategic Communication Program at Columbia University. Welcome, Simon, and thank you for taking time to be with us today. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Well, why don't we start by having you tell us what your passion is and how you found it. Sure. Um, well, I'm, I wake up every day with a clear sense of why I do what I do, which is to inspire people to do the things that inspire them. And I firmly believe that if we all did that and we all woke up and only did the things that inspired us, together we could, in fact, change the world. And uh, my passion, I sort of put words to it. You know, we all have our passions. The question is, are we able to put words to it? Um, And I was able to put words to mine about four years ago um, when I also went through a huge career transition, and it was my ability to put the why into words that profoundly changed the course of, of my own career. And your career prior to that had been in what field, uh, Simon? I, was, uh, I had a small company, a, a marketing company, a little strategic consultancy. And, uh, you know, we did good work, and I was proud of what we did, and we had good clients, and I knew what we did, and I knew how we did it. But my problem was that after four years in business, I had lost my passion. And like I said, we did good work, we had good clients, but uh, 
I wasn't energized to wake up and go to work every day. And uh, it was that loss of passion, and it was that, that, uh, that hard, those hard times and that struggle that I went through that, uh, that forced me to, to find a, a way out of the uh, way out. And it was this discovery of why that completely, that completely changed and rejuvenated everything about I mean, uh, as we uh, discussed during break, uh, I'm a Marine Corps veteran, and uh, I'm fascinated with your work with the military. Could you yeah. share with our listeners, many of whom are military veterans, uh, your work with the military and how you have uh, developed your inspirational thoughts and concepts with them? Yeah, for sure. The, yeah, I could rank um, uh, all the industries I get to, to work with uh, and meet, you know, from the most open-minded and innovative to the least open-minded and innovative, and I have to say the military ranks number one. Every time I get to visit with our men and women in uniform, I'm so impressed with the way that they see the world, the way that they ask questions, the way they solve problems, and it's so much more sophisticated than private sector. Um, it was uh, the military took an interest in my work because it's all about people, right? I mean, at the end of the day, a fighting force is not as strong as its technology. It's as strong as the people inside that force. And my work is fundamentally about people, and it's about how you inspire people and keep them focused and, and, and driven, which is different from motivated. That's different from motivated. It's inspired. It's deeply internal. And uh, the military was uh, instantly fascinated with, with my message and, and that it reminds them why they do what they do. I think even in a long military career, even though when everybody signs up, uh, when, they, when they first sign up, they're inspired and they get goosebumps when they sign their first contract. Over the course of a career, sometimes you forget that sense of higher purpose and service, and it becomes about the job, and it becomes in, about the, the mission and the daily tasks. Um, and I think they were, they were fascinated by, by this idea of why, and it reminds them about the, the roots of where they signed up in the first place. Simon, again, many of our listeners are military, and I'm sure they're fascinated as I am with who specifically in the military you work with and what kind of results did you get. Sure. It started off um, out of the, uh, the uh, PA group in the Air Force, and it was uh, one of the generals there who brought me in just to talk to his group. Um, and the more people I kept meeting, the more people that kept inviting me back. And it started off strangely. It had sort of the reverse uh, of most people, you know, most people sort of come in at the bottom and, and start sort of and, and sort of climb their way up the ranks. Uh, within a few months of even first being introduced to the military, I was invited to present at the Pentagon to the Chief of Staff and the Secretary of the Air Force about this concept, and we had a, a remarkable discussion. And since then, um, I've traveled around the world, uh, visiting bases, um, speaking to senior uh, senior leaders, um, four stars and down. Um, about this concept, and what's also been fantastic is uh, of late, um, I've also been talking to, to the troops, and I just got back from, from Europe where I spoke to over a thousand troops over the course of my, over my, course of my time at Ramstein, Spengdalem, and, uh, and Aviano. Um, so really, really amazing. Um, one thought, Simon, and that, not one thought, I had thousands of thoughts, but um, just to let you know what we're doing, um, we're working uh, extensively with uh, volunteers in many cases, and um, I'm particularly interested in how we can help our transitioning veterans into the civilian workforce. Yeah. One of the critical needs they have is um, identifying their skills, abilities, and talents in civilian terms. Yeah. And oftentimes companies do not know about or take the effort to learn 
the yeah. tremendous skills and abilities that veterans have, and that is critical to bringing more and more veterans into the workforce. One, one of the things that I've noticed, which I find remarkable, which is especially uh, career military personnel who are in, sort of transition into the, into the civilian world, um, which is they try to um, uh, become uh, like sort of their civilian brethren. Um, <laughs> in other words, they try and say that they have the capacity to do X, Y, and Z, and they, they, I don't know how well they capitalize on the training and the capacity that they learned and perfected uh, over, the, over the course of years and years in the military. Um, and it's not about trying to be as good as those in private sector. It's about how do you amplify the strengths and skills that you have, and can they leverage them, and can they use them um, uh, in, their, in, 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 in their companies? Um, you and I both know very well that a lot of uh, career military personnel who, who go into civilian life sort of miss the structure and miss a lot of the culture uh, uh, of the military. And even though that they learn these leadership capacity, uh, they, they, they hone their leadership skills, etc., they miss the culture. And I think that, that, uh, that that's a huge, huge, huge leverage point for, for, for uh, military personnel to bring into private sector. Um, which is the private sector does not manage the culture of their organizations as well as the military does. And at the end of the day, um, you, know as well as, uh, you know better than I do. You, at the end of the day, um, when you go into battle, you, you know, we talk about you know, country and honor and freedom and democracy, but at the end of the day, you fight for the guy next to you. And it's the trust between uh, uh, leaders and, and, and those in their command and, and those in the command trusting their leaders and each other that makes an, an, an organization like the military so powerful. It's trust. And what you see a lot of uh, in, in private sector today is that trust is actually eroding. Um, for various reasons, we see companies more and more motivated by short-term results. And if you want to look at the banking sector, just as a recent example, that was a massive case of the erosion of trust, where people were not worrying about the uh, they were not worrying about the the organization. They were worrying about themselves. They're only worrying about their own their own bonuses and their own short-term gains at the expense of the organization. And I think there's massive, massive, massive opportunity for anybody with any military experience to walk into private sector and say, "Here's what I understand, and here's what I know what to, how to do." And and you know, as a former Marine. You know, you, you're not, uh, you will always be a Marine. You're not an ex-Marine. <laughs> you are a Marine. You're just, you're not in the Marines anymore. Um, and that's, that's, a, that's what that is, is that's a, that's, that's a personal identity. And that, that doesn't exist as strongly in, in private sector, unfortunately. Well, uh, that's very profound insight, um, Simon, that you're sharing with us. And I think um, as we go through the program, we'll be talking more about the importance of trust and I think also the, the concept of discipline uh, is so important to um, individuals in their career progression and also um, uh, for organizations as a whole. You know, I, I can't help but draw a parallel with uh, what, um, you know, veterans as they re-enter the workforce go through in terms of finding how their passion, which is so well-defined as they served in the military, and to find how that fits in the new environment with young people coming up, maybe just graduating uh, or early into the workforce, trying to find how their passion fits 
with the needs of organizations, what would you say to um, to the younger folks that are just going through that process of identifying first what their passion is, and then be able to find that right fit? It's such a funny it's such a funny question because you know we're constantly told our whole lives do what you love, do what you're passionate for. You know, like we pay so much lip service to these things. The problem is how do you do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know I have to do what I love, but how do I do that? I know I have to be passionate about my work, but how do you do that? And I think one of the issues, one of the problems or opportunities is that as we grow up, and especially as we're coming out of school, we're asking ourselves and we're asked the wrong question. We're constantly asked, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with your life? You know, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do when you graduate? Um, what do you do when you get out? This, this, it's always what, 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 what. And what that forces us to do is sort of play this game of running through a list of potential jobs that we may or may not want to do, trying to sort of weigh the pros and cons, whether you'd like it or not. And the reality is you can be passionate in an industry that you have no experience with. Um, and you can also hate a job that you thought you would love. You know, let's, if you happen to, you know, I don't know, you happen to love your passion is uh, photography, right? And you go get a job for one of the big camera companies, you could hate your job. It has nothing to do with, with the photography. It has to do with the culture of the people. And so the question that I think we need to ask ourselves before we even ask ourselves what we want to do, is why do we do anything that we do? Um, what is the common thread that all the, 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 the times where we're our happiest, our most fulfilled, where we perform our best naturally without even trying, you can call it what you want, being in the flow, you know, whatever words you want to assign to it, these sort of mythical words that we don't really know what they mean, passion, flow, all of this stuff. Um, those, there is a pattern um, uh, all of those times that those those circumstances, those jobs, those activities have something in common, um, and and the goal is to identify that and then figure out what you could do um, that would help you uh, do that again. Um, so it's the question we're asking well, ourselves the wrong question. Uh, I think causes exactly a lot of cause more stress. And, uh, we're going to have to take a little break here, Simon. But when we come back, we're going to be talking more about how you, as the listener, can find your passion and to be able to discern where that will fit in various opportunities. So stay tuned. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. 
thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Wielding power, shaping environments and outcomes, and making things happen are all essential characteristics of great leaders. Yet these qualities alone are not enough to ensure your success. In a complex world, how do you decide what's most important to you? In your career, your relationships, your finances, your family, in the world around you, in the whole of your life at large. Dr. Joseph Riggio, the host of Leadership Intuition, says that personal leadership, the desire to take charge of your life, is the key to creating futures that work and building a life worth living. Join Joseph as he reveals the power of uncovering and living your own personal mythology, the key to personal transformation, exquisite performance, and social influence. Learn to look inside and discover your personal mythology and unique leadership style. Go beyond conventional advice and discover your unique success blueprint on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio. Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions, Power, Achievement, Relationships. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to total career success with ken and cheryl dawson do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show please send an email to tcs on air at tcsworldwide.com now back to the program welcome back everyone ken and cheryl here with simon senek and we're talking about a very profound topic that's important virtually to everyone uh, not only as you go through transitions in your career and your life but also as you're uh, developing in a particular role that you're playing. And we talked a little bit about how this is true with uh, military people who are coming back into the civilian workforce. We talked about how it relates to the young graduate that might be coming looking for that first opportunity. And earlier, um, Simon and uh, I were talking about how it impacts the baby boomer generation as we look to for you know unique transitions as we kind of come into the third phase of, of our lives and careers and looking for different ways to, to realize our potential. And, uh, Simon, I think uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed about your book is that you gave many examples to show uh, how, how important why is. And this concept of being able to apply your passion in lots of different roles is so important for people to realize can you give us an example of a great leader who succeeded in inspiring people in a wide range of industries? Um, I mean, a lot of the, the leaders that we all know and love and the organizations that we know and love embody this concept, whether it's Apple or Harley-Davidson or, uh, you know, political leaders um, or social leaders like Martin Luther King or Ronald Reagan or, or JFK. And, and what they all had in common is that they all 
they all think, act, and communicate the exact same way, and it's the complete opposite to everybody else. And as I talk about in, in the book, in Start With Why, um, it's based on this concept I call the golden circle. And basically, it's a bullseye. It's uh, three rings. The bullseye is, is why, the center ring is how, and the outside ring is what. And just to define the terms quickly, every single person and organization on the planet knows what they do 100%. Some know how they do it, whether you call it your unique uh, strength or, or your, your, you know, your, your, what makes you better or different, but very, very few people or organizations can clearly state why they do what they do. And by why, I don't mean to complete the mission or uh, make money. Those, those are results. By why, I mean what's your purpose, what's your cause, what's your belief? Why does your organization exist? Why did you get out of bed this morning and why should anyone care? And what you see is that these great leaders, these leaders with the ability to inspire, um, the, every single one of them uh, has clarity of why and they start with why. Um, so I can give you an example. In fact, why don't I give a real-life example, not from those cases per se, but something that might be more applicable to, to the audience, which is in the case of a job search. Um, and whether you're a, a recent graduate or you're changing careers or you're a veteran now making your way into the, uh, into the civilian world, um, what we tend to do when we report what we've done is we, we do just that. We say what we've done. We report the jobs we've had and maybe the impact that we had. You know, held a senior position here, was responsible for increasing revenues X percent, um, commanded a unit of, you know, 12 people, you know, against overwhelming odds to achieve the mission. This is what we do. We report what we've done. But the question is, um, why is that important? Why should I care? <laughs> it's all fine and good that you did all that, but why should I care? And it's the ability to, to start with why that profoundly changes the way people respond to you um, when you report what you've done. So let's, we've been talking about the military, so let's stick with that theme. So when a veteran walks into an interview and, and they say, so what have you done? And instead of saying what they have done, report why they have done it. And you can say, I've, I've uh, made a practice my entire career of working closely with people in highly, highly, highly stressful situations to, to ensure that the team comes together, even against overwhelming odds when the plans get thrown, uh, thrown out the minute we try to implement them, to come out successful on the other side. And when you look at my entire career, you'll see, regardless of what I've done, whether it was commanding a, a group of 15 people in, in, this, in, in this battle, or even when I had an office job, where it was my responsibility to oversee this project, what you'll see, the common theme, which is important, is that it's always about small groups who face overwhelming odds. And this is why I do what I do, and this is the value that I can bring to this organization. Simon, and exactly what we preach in Job Search, a Total System. Let me go back to the question Cheryl asked about leadership, and let me give you a real-life example from my military sure. background. I was a veteran of the Cuban Missile Crisis. That occurred in November 62, and if you have seen the movie 13 Days... One it, of my favorites. It's very, very accurate relative to what actually went on. And Kennedy was my hero then, he's my hero now, because he asked the very question you're asking, okay? Why should we or shouldn't we? And it related not only to success in... Um, uh, essentially uh, fending off the Russians, and, and, but also think about the other thing that is so critical to us right now. Why should we go to the moon? Why, in July 20th, 1969, did we put a man in the moon? It was a vision of Kennedy 
nine, ten years earlier that made that happen. That's exactly what you're saying. Exactly. And, and Kennedy's why was clear, and he stated it for us, because you know, even though a lot of us have the feeling, you know, we can say, yeah, I know why I do what I do, because we can feel it, but when you ask somebody to put it into words, then they struggle. But Kennedy did put it into words for us, as, the, uh, as great leaders do. Um, and he said it in his, in his first inauguration, you know, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. There's a reason that we repeat that phrase over and over again. It's because, A, it inspires us, but, B, it defined his presidency. And the Peace Corps was developed in Kennedy's administration. He didn't come up with the idea, but somebody who was inspired by the sense of service to country and service to something greater than yourself developed the, the Peace Corps, one of the what's to Kennedy's why. And when he inspired us to put a man on the moon, look, almost every president has some big, bold idea that they will announce at some big you know, State of the Union or something that as soon as their presidency is over, so goes the idea. What was it that continued to drive the population you know, for another six years without Kennedy after he was assassinated that we took his cause and made it our own? And that is what great leadership it is. This is what it means to start with why. When you inspire people to take what you believe and take that cause and make it their own so their pursuit is not for you, it is in fact uh, for themselves. Um, and I actually carry uh, um, an excerpt from Kennedy's To the Moon speech. I wear it on a, on a bracelet on my wrist, and it says, um, we choose to go to the moon not because it is easy, but because it is hard, because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. And this is what inspired us. He, he pushed us to, to be uh, better versions of ourselves. And uh, you don't have to be the president or a CEO to have this leadership capacity. It's about understanding why you do what you do and being able to provide, in words, context for all the things that you have done and encourage others to do. Indeed, I think, um, uh, as Ken said, it relates so well to what we teach in the total system because we're talking about value as more than what you accomplish. It really transcends results into who you are as a person. We always say in the, in the summary of the resume, uh, for instance, to be sure that it identifies something special about you that makes you unique. And then when you're com- uh, you know, com- uh, communicating with potential employers or uh, business partners, if you're going to uh, look for a business opportunity, to be able to get down to the real core values of what makes your um, partners or makes a good fit for you. So true. And, you know, there's a huge difference between being successful and feeling successful. Being successful is about achievement. It's about measurable results. It's about um, uh, tangibility. Um, it's about, you know, looking at the mission or looking at the, 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 the goal and, 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 and demonstrating that you have reached that goal or surpassed it. That's what it is to be successful. But to feel successful is something entirely different. It's the, it, it is, a, it is as I said, it is a feeling. And when we talk about fulfillment, we talk about passion, we talk about trust, these are all feelings. And the problem is they're hard to measure. And they're even harder to put into words because the part of the brain, <laughs> and I go into this in, 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 in the book, in Start With Why, how the, this concept of why is, is more than my opinion. It's actually a biological imperative because the part of the brain that controls decision-making and controls behavior also controls our feelings, like trust and loyalty, 
but it does not control language, and so it's hard to talk about. Whereas the part of the brain that controls rational and analytical thought, that controls language. So it's easy to talk about tangible things. It's hard to talk about these things like passion and fulfillment and trust. And so, unfortunately, we tend to ignore them just because they're hard to talk about. Simon, but, going uh, back to military for just a minute, um, yeah. th- th- again, th- tying everything we're saying into how we can help our veterans coming back, so many of these men and women have huge, huge responsibility for millions and millions and millions of dollars of equipment. Yeah. And it's huge responsibility. They have accountability, authority in many cases, and oftentimes none of that is communicated to a company. That is exactly why... It is so vital that we all pitch in and help our veterans explain to companies and companies understand what it is they can do for the bottom line, how they can make and save money. And I think it's our responsibility to help each other. You know, those who, who, who come from the military and even those who are sort of coming from, from sort of a university environment, um, we get used to working together. We help each other in times of stress. And, and, and then yet when you enter into the job field, you're sort of left by yourself sitting at your desk trying to fill out a resume and try and figure out how you, what you're going to say in this, in this interview. Um, and, and success is a team sport. Um, none, of us, none of us is best by ourselves. We're best uh, when we work with people who believe what we believe and who support us. Um, and, and so it is, it is sort of all of our collective responsibilities to sort of continue to help each other and shepherd each other into these, into these different positions, whether, whether we're actually in, in, in the meeting with them or not is irrelevant. Um, but, but I agree with you. Um, it's, it's, uh, I'll tell you a story. Um, after I had written the book, I, somebody who uh, knows somebody who knows Simon, somebody. we're going to have to take a little oh, we break, a break here. When we sure. get back, we'll pick up with that story. Sure. And so uh, stay tuned because we have more uh, to talk about with Starting With Why. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. 
want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please send an email to TCS on air at TCSWorldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Simon Senek, and we're talking about Start With Why, how great leaders inspire everyone to take action. I think it's really important for each of us to understand that we can individually be leaders regardless of what role we might fill or what kind of uh, industry or position we're in. And at the break, uh, I know, Simon, you're about to tell us a story. Would you like to pick up on that? Yeah, sure. Um, what makes people valuable um, as leaders or in an organization is, is that others can trust them. And we've already talked about that trust is a feeling. And if you think about the people we trust, you know, just because someone does everything perfectly doesn't mean we trust them. Trust is not a checklist. And very often, you know, sometimes somebody... Um, might mess something up, <laughs> and yet we still trust them. I know he screwed it up, but I trust that guy. And, and it goes to the point that trust is not just about doing everything perfectly. And so in the job world, simply being able to point to all of these case studies and prove that you were the best here and you were the best there doesn't necessarily engender trust. And the story I was going to tell is when I was writing uh, Start With Why, when I had completed it, I um, sent it out to some people to read. And somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody sent a copy of the manuscript to General Chuck Horner, who was the commander of the air war in uh, Desert Storm. And uh, uh, within a week, I got a four-page letter from General Horner. And it was the total opposite of what you might think. You know, it wasn't this letter that said, I knew that we had the most powerful military in the world, and we had the best technology, and I was prepared to win, and I had the best track record. That's not what it said. It was this remarkable human letter revealing um, fear and, uh, and uncertainty and risk. And he told the story of how he learned to be a leader and how he was trained and that others encouraged him to, to, uh, to make decisions and be accountable. And when he was called up for Desert Storm, you know, he wondered to himself, did they have the right guy? Was he the right man for the job? And it was this you know, I'm a stranger. I don't know General Horner. He doesn't know me. And yes, it, it was this amazing humanity and vulnerability and honesty that um, I understand why he was called up for that job, uh, because he commanded respect. And, um, and any leader knows that you will not make all the right decisions. The great leaders are not the ones who make all the right decisions. They're the ones who pick themselves up the quickest after they make the wrong ones. And, uh, and I think this, this idea of, uh, 
being human, and there's that one of those words again, you know, how do I do that? <laughs> um, and being human is, is, uh, is being relatable. Um, none of us is perfect, and we relate to those who are like us. Um, and we trust those who are willing to show us um, that they uh, make mistakes and that they learn. Um, especially with resumes, you look at someone's resume, and if you just trusted their resume, you know, they're God's gift. I mean, they've never made a mistake their whole career, and every job they've ever had has been, you know, absolutely perfect, and they, they outperformed everybody all the time, which is just a flat-out lie. Um, and I'm not saying people lie on their resumes, um, but we all want to paint the rosiest picture possible. Um, and I, there's something special to be said for when, when going through your, your resume, saying, you know what, I have to admit, that job did not play to my strengths. And I realized quickly that what they were looking for was X, Y, and Z, and my value to an organization is really A, B, and C. And, uh, and so uh, I couldn't give my best to that organization. And, and I, I saw this from General Horner, and I've seen this from entry-level people when I've, when I've talked to them as well. It's, it's the ability to explain the context and not just, you know, point to all the things that they've done that are brilliant and how great they are. That, Simon, that, that, what is so, Simon, what is so critical about what you're saying is how it applies across the board. Uh, uh, Chuck Horner has an outstanding reputation in, obviously, the Air Force, but is seen as a huge leader in, in every service. And in my own background in Marine Corps it has to do with uh, Marine Corps boot camp. You talk about building trust and building excellence in 13 weeks. I mean, you think to yourself, 13 weeks, how can you possibly do this? And it doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor or black or white. I mean, you get in there, and the first thing you learn is that you're a worm of the lowest order. But what you do, once you're told that, is they build Marines. They build you through leadership and trust. And you know, as you're going through the Corps and boot camp, that you're going to be able to do things that you never, ever thought you ever could and it's an amazing process, and so much of what Cheryl and I do now with Job Search and Total System is based upon my experience in the Marine Corps relative to virtually every emotion, every skill, ability, a talent that a person has. Now, they, they bring out the best in you just by trusting you and say, you can do it, son. Yeah. Well, Cheryl talked about being a good fit and finding out where you belong, and I think understanding where you belong is also, uh, is also critical because let's be clear, you know, the different branches of the military all have different cultures, and somebody who makes a great Marine wouldn't necessarily make a great airman, and somebody who makes a great airman wouldn't necessarily make a great Marine, not because they're better or worse, it's because they're different, um, and they're different cultures. Um, the Marines um, are all about the idea of unit and, and, and following orders because it's, it's all about uh, acting as one for the advancement of, of the group. The Air Force is different. The Air Force um, is always fighting the war that you can't see. The Marines fight the war that you can't see. It's a tactical organization that fights the war that literally, physically, that is right in front of them. The Air Force fights a war that's on the other side of the globe, and in, during peacetime they fight wars that haven't been fought yet. They, they're always thinking about the future. And so their cultures are very different. Um, and in the Air Force you see the culture where, where um, it's much more acceptable for, you know, for junior personnel to question or suggest to senior officers, their opinions. That doesn't happen in the Marines. And again, it's not better or worse, it's that it's different. And um, for somebody who decides they want to serve, the question is, where should you serve? And it's the same in private sector. You know, it's, it's all fine and good to say, I want to go into private sector, I want to go into consulting, I want to go into X industry or Y industry. But the question is, 
where would you belong? Where do you fit? Uh, where, you know, where does the culture match how you like to work? And unless you can understand that first, the opportunity to succeed becomes very difficult because even though you might get a quote-unquote good, high-paying job, if you're in an organization that doesn't naturally operate the same way as you do, that's called stress. You, have to, you, you will struggle to perform, not because you're not smart, it's because you don't belong. Um, and uh, and this understanding why you do what you do really does open up and make it bluntly obvious um, where you should go and, and where you shouldn't go. And, and from a hiring standpoint, I always say, you know, People who believe what you believe will work for you with blood and sweat and tears, and people who don't believe what you believe work for your money. And so not only would we prefer to work for an organization in which we believe because we will feel fulfilled and passionate when we come to work every day, it increases our own sense of job satisfaction, but conversely, the company should should be preoccupied with hiring people who believe what they believe. They should be as clear about their why also. Again, because they want people to work with passion and vigor and not just for the paycheck. Um, and, and, the, and I think this yeah. is such a big thing for the military. You know, few in the military show up for the paycheck. Um, and the question is, how can you re- repeat that in the private sector? Yes, and we deal with uh, companies on the uh, corporate side of our business, Simon, about that very issue of, first of all, being able to define the values and the culture of the organization, and then to create an assessment that helps them to see if individuals, uh, candidates, really fit that, and then also for the the challenge of uh, succession planning and getting your uh, high performers ready for that next step. And so we do a lot of assessment work. We also use assessment with our transition uh, candidates, clients, to help them see where their uh, strengths really are and what their, um, you know, passion or what their why is. So I think that those are so important for helping people to identify what those are because, as you say, it's so difficult to put why into words. And, in fact, you talk about in the book uh, about mottos and logos. How do those symbols help us to identify our why? It's, at the end of the day, we live in a tangible world. And at the end of the day, a why is just a belief. That's all it is. Hows are the action we take to realize that belief or the environment in which we operate, and what are the tangible uh, results of those actions, the things we say, the things we do, the products we make, the services we sell. Um, And um, a belief by itself is not enough because it is intangible, because it is not in words, because it does exist in the brain, uh, in the part of the brain that controls feelings but not language. And so we can much more likely make a belief actionable when it is made tangible. And this is the value of a motto or a logo. You know, just uh, because we're talking about the Marines. Ken, how many Marines do you know that have the, the globe and anchor tattooed on their bodies? And it's not, because, it's not because they have a deep uh, understanding or, or fascination with the history of the Marines and its inner workings. It's because that symbol is part of their own self-identity. And you have people who tattoo Harley Davidson logos on their body. Hello, that's a corporate logo, you know. And it's not because they have a you know a deep understanding of the company. Uh, some of them don't even own the product. It's because it's part of their own self identity. It's because so, so Harley sure stands I, for something. Let and me we sure want to be associated with it. With it. Um, I travel a country volunteering with Marines, and I always or not only Marines but veterans all over, and I always wear my Marine Corps cap and. Think about this. There are so few recognizable 
mottos that are known worldwide, but the two terms, Semper Fidelis or Semper Fi, are two of those. And every time I work with Marines or any veterans, and I always have my Semper Fi hat on, I mean, that's how you recognize people. And I, I've met Marines all over the country, and in every case, every case, no exceptions, I'm able to sit and talk for minutes, hours, and days about our background and our skills. It's absolutely amazing to watch and be part of. And, and let's be clear, it has less to do with the Marines and more to do with you, which is when you wear that Semper Fi hat, not only do you identify yourself as a former Marine, but there are some people who wear that hat who weren't Marines. Um, what you're saying is, I believe in something. This says something about who I am. And for people who believe what you believe, they are attracted to you and they want to talk to you because they are like that. And the most basic human desire is to feel like you belong. We want to join clubs. We want to join teams. We're fans. You know, we want to feel a part of a community, a culture of people who believe what we believe. It makes us secure. It makes us feel safe. It ensures our own survival. And there are a few others like that, you know, Semprify, just do it, think different. All of these famous um, slogans, you know, I, I, a tagline that happens at the bottom of advertising, I believe in mottos, because a motto is something you can rally behind. And they're not telling you about the company, they're telling you about what the company believes. When Nike says, just do it, are they telling, you know, who are they talking to? Their employees, their customers, is it about the products? The answer is it's about all of it. It's about what they believe. They believe that if you get out there, uh, Phil Knight, the founder of Nike, when he would talk about Nike, he wouldn't say, we use the best technology and we have the highest quality rubber and we have the best you know, designers, da-da-da-da-da. He would say, do you run? If you do run, <laughs> you know, stand up. And if you run three times a week, keep standing. Everybody else sit down. And for those runners who run three times a week and you're out at 4 o'clock in the morning in the freezing cold by yourself, we're, we're the ones standing underneath the streetlight cheering you on. That's why Nike exists. That's who we are. And that tells you what it means to just do it. And, well, that's, that's, what, that's, and, and, and that's how we're he defines We're going to have to take a little break here. When we come back, we'll talk more about how you can take your why, your passion, put it into action, and achieve all that you desire to achieve. News, news, opinion. Can you hear me? Your voice counts. Call toll free 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. 
Listen for The Right Turn with J.J. O'Malley. It's an insider's look at America's fastest-growing motorsport series, the Grand Am Rolex Sports Car Series, presented by Crown Royal Cask Number 16. You'll hear about what happened last weekend and get a preview of what's coming up next. From the Rolex 24 at Daytona, through Watkins Glen International, Mid-Ohio, Laguna Seca, right up to the championship at Homestead Miami Speedway. The Right Turn with J.J. O'Malley, broadcast live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Power Up Motorsports Channel. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com you are listening to total career success with ken and cheryl dawson do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Simon Sinek, and we're talking about Start With Why. And we've talked a lot about the why, Simon, but also... The how and the what makes a big difference in an individual's uh, success and also in a leader's ability uh, to, um, you know, get people to act. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the how and the what and about the megaphone aspect of the three-dimensional <laughs> aspect of your model. Sure, sure. Um, we, live, we live in a three-dimensional world, and so to talk about a two-dimensional model is only halfway helpful. Um, and at the end of the day, um, the way an organization is structured uh, m- mirrors this concept of the golden circle. You know, at the top of the organization is the why. Uh, the role of leadership at a macro level or a micro level, so divisional, at a divisional level or uh, for the whole organization, um, at the top of the, of, the, of the organization is the why. It's the leader. It's the person who sets the tone, sets, sets the vision, and points to a direction and says, that's where we're going. Um, and beneath that person is our group of people responsible for figuring out how we're going to get there. What are the strategies? Um, who, who do we need to bring on board? How am I going to bring that to life in operations or finance or marketing, etc.? And then beneath them are the what's. It's the people who are actually going to do it, and it's the tangible products and services that are actually going to perform that mission, perform those strategies. It's, it's the tactics. And for any person or organization to be successful, you have to have all three of those things in balance. I talk about the why a lot because the why is the missing piece of this puzzle. You know, every organization, every career functions on three levels, what you do, how you do it, and why you do, uh, and how, and why you do it. The problem is most of us are only even aware of two, how and what. We call it strategy and tactics. We don't even have a word for why. And so I talk about why because I want to show that to, to be in balance, to be successful, to feel successful, you have to know why you do what you do and have all three pieces in balance. Um, but I don't think the why is more important than the others. It's just as important. And so you have to have clarity of why, you have to have discipline of how, and consistency of what. And that's as true in, in the way you operate as an individual as, uh, as the way an organization has to operate. And uh, you talk about the megaphone. 
ostensibly all an organization is, is a megaphone for uh, the leader's cause. And, and they can make their message louder by producing products and marketing and stuff that, that proves, that demonstrates what they believe about the world. And, uh, and for that, organi- for that uh, megaphone to work, you have to have clarity inside, which means the people inside the megaphone, the people inside the organization, have to believe in the, in the cause. Otherwise, the message will, uh, will become fuzzy when it comes out the other end. Simon, we only have a few minutes left in the show, but let me give you a why, and that is why don't more people take advantage of their skills, abilities, and God-given talents? Why don't they understand that there's so much they have to offer to the world, and as a result of that, read your book and our book and so many other books and information packages that are critical to their success? Young people today have so much talent and so many abilities and so many times are sitting there saying, oh, I can't get a job and, boy, the unemployment is so high, when they could get out and make things happen and just change the world. Well, I think Henry Ford said it best. He said, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And we spend a lot of time talking about trusting each other, but the question is, do you trust yourself? Um, and, uh, And what I have learned from personal experience in going through struggle and uncertainty is that as soon as I learned my why, I trusted myself, which gave me the ability to trust others. Um, and, uh, you know, we, uh, we've gone so far as to, as to produce a little self-guided course uh, online. If you go to startwithwhy.com, um, you can go to Why University and actually learn your why. Um, with this uh, multiple-step program, you can take yourself through it and learn your why and regain that focus and clarity. Um, but you're right. I, I, uh, that's why I do what I do. Uh, I want to spread this message to as many people as possible because I want people to understand the why. Uh, it changed my life, and, and, and why should I be the only one? Excellent. Well, that's um, very, very consistent with what we like to teach our clients as well, Simon. And uh, you mentioned in the book several examples of how success, that is measurable success, can often often get an individual or a business off track. Why is that true, and how can we always remain focused on our why? Success is one of the greatest challenges any individual or organization faces because it's our passion and why we do what we do that drives us at the beginning when, we're, when we face insurmountable odds. And then as we build structures and become good at something, we forget why we do what we do, and we focus only on how and what we do it. And, uh, and sometimes over the course of time, um, when all you have are the tangible uh, results and you don't, you don't have that sense of why anymore, you lose your passion. And it's very, very, very difficult to recreate success multiple, multiple times over and over um, without that renewed sense of why you do what you do. Um, so sometimes, you know, just being successful can, can, uh, can put you on the wrong track to think that it's, uh, it's this formula, which it's not. It's, there's something deeper. Well, Simon, what we want to do is take this message to the rest of the world. 130 countries, there's Amen. so many people that desperately need our help, desperately need our services, and with Job Search, the Total System, and Why, and so many other great books and, and information packages, uh, it's just we can literally change the course of history, and, and that's our goal, to get Job Search, the Total System in the hands of millions of people around the world as soon as possible. Amen. You know, it's, it's a great feeling to wake up every day inspired by the work you do, and it is, uh, it is not a, a lucky thing, and it's not reserved for a few. Anyone, anyone who learns to, to start with why can wake up every single day and do the things that inspire them, and that, that is world-changing. I agree. 
You know, one other point I want to circle back to before we close the show, Simon. We talked about the importance of succession and identifying the right person, uh, especially when the leader, the visionary leader, leads an organization, regardless of what size. Why is it so important to get that right leader? Uh, well, the, it's the the next leader who's going to who's going to um, carry the you know lead lead everybody into the into the next challenge in the next generation. And so, um, the, the worst thing you can do is have somebody who who wants to change the culture and implement a different vision. Um, the culture already exists, and it's about taking somebody who belongs in the culture but knows who has a vision for where it can go in the future. I mean, if you can imagine somebody who doesn't belong in the Marines becoming the commandant of the Marines, it would be a disaster and they would lose respect and the organization would, would, would fall flat. Um, you have to have somebody who believes in the founding principles of the organization to lead the organization into the next generation. Um, and it's uh, astounding to me, especially in private sector, how often that's forgotten. Well, our time is gone, but we've enjoyed this show tremendously. Simon, thank you for being with us. Everyone, I hope that you will take to heart and discover what your why is and become all that you can be. We'll see you next week. Thank you for being with us. Thanks again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.